0: Hello and welcome to the Hack Inc. podcast, an Irish animation podcast. I am Gareth Lyons and I'm joined today by James Moran. I thought you were going to say your uh, own name. Uh, I always uh, wait to be
1: introduced. Uh, James Moore. Yes. Yeah. Um.
0: So what's brought us all here together? Why? It's Graeme Linehan making a cartoon series for girls. With uh, really? Jam Media, oh, yeah. I didn't know this. No, this is great. You didn't know which part? Any of them? Did you not? No. Well, I'm not into animation. But were you like, pre- were you like pretending early on? But you knew Graham Linehan was involved.
1: Well, you said Graham Linehan was involved. Okay. Well, I didn't know it. he was making a cartoon.
0: Yeah. Well, no, he's not. Here's the other thing. Okay. So. But you said he was. No, I'm mean, Jam Media are an animation company. Okay. Who, for some reason, are making a live action series yeah. with Graeme Linehan, um, which they made sure to. They were like written by Helen, Li- by creative team Helen Linehan and Graeme Linehan, brackets Motherland, you know? Right. Do you know Motherland? Yeah. No. Right. Well, it's a show about what else but mothers just hanging out, you know? Okay. Um, so, yes. Um,. I guess to provide some background for people who might not be familiar. Graeme Linehan. Graeme Linehan. What? He wrote Father Ted. He wrote Father Ted. Um, first season. No, sorry. He wrote all the seasons of Father Ted with Arthur Matthews. And the IT crowd. And the IT crowd. He wrote all of the IT crowd. And then, popular misconception, he was only involved in season one of Black Books. I didn't know he was involved at all. Really? yeah well he was kind of assigned as like a producer. by a producer who was like okay well Dylan Moran's a comedian and he wrote this funny thing but they need a guiding hand on this and to kind of reassure the network they attach Graham Linehan and so he was involved for the first season and um, I wanted to point this out which is that in first season of Black Books there's an episode where Fran um, who likes shoes and is really loud which is the the it's the, the typical female character in Graeme Lenihan things, you know? Really? Yeah, with Jen. Isn't she like the exact same in the IT crowd? She likes shoes? Oh, yeah. Do you remember she like breaks her foot fitting into those red heels? And Fran likes shoes? Yes. Because oh. there was an episode in which they went on holiday and she had to, she had brought like two many shoes and they made okay. her choose between the shoes. Right. So that admittedly was in season
1: two. Okay. So Graeme Lenihan. You can't blame her for that. You can blame him for a lot, but you can't
0: blame him for that. Yeah. Alright, take it back. But season one, Fran dates a man who reveals on the date that she that he is gay. He discovers he's gay on the date. Right. And then I don't know which season of the IT crowd, but the exact same thing happens to Jen. She dates somebody who says that they're gay. Is that the magician? That's I think it's no, it's the other the magician one. It's kinda funny. But no, the other one, um, um with the musical that was gay or something, was it called like, gay the musical or whatever? Oh uh, yeah. And one of the songs was Willys, Willys, I like Willies. Okay. Yeah. So um very funny. Well you can all agree. Yes. Um but in the IT crowd, uh, I believe it was <laughs> if I'm not well it was season four, it was one of the episodes. In two thousand and eight they had an episode where uh the boss, uh Douglas Renum, dates a uh woman who reveals she used to be a man. Yeah. And uh then they have a fist fight. And uh yeah, that uh, and but the other thing that happens in that episode is that they're kind of like dropping things throughout where like he's not aware he basically heard that she's a man well, now it doesn't make sense. Now that I think about it, because I was thinking like the joke is that he maybe misheard her and then she's exhibiting all of these male behaviors and quote unquote male behaviors where yeah. she drinks lager and she watches the football, yeah. you know, and then he doesn't realize. But he kind of knows the whole time until it's revealed that he misheard her and thought she was from Iran. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So then he kind of despairs, and that's why he decides to break up with her. Okay. And, um, but the thing that, that's obviously funny about it is, and when I say funny, I mean, like, in that he clearly doesn't know anything about trans stuff. Because when you, like, not that I'm pretending to be any expert on it, but I would say that if you were transitioning from a man into a woman, it would be because you didn't have all of those things that this person is purport- is kind of having the yeah. stuff that's meant to be like, oh, see, she's basically a man except she was a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She likes the football and the fucking beer and everything. It's like, but wouldn't if you were identifying as a woman? There's not. You wouldn't necessarily have those traits, would you? I suppose not. Anyway, I'm not going to argue the finer points about that, but that is actually kind of what they brought up in a Medium article, which I'd recommend checking out. Let me see if I can find the link here real quick.
1: www.medium.com Medi-
0: Go on. That's it. Uh, that's the website. Exactly, that's it. Slash at Alexa Ephemerate slash it's time. It's called It's Time to Call Out Gremlin, Hen's Ugly Transphobia. And it kind of is what so got this the ball rolling.
1: Done. Huh? This has already been done. I thought that's what we were doing here. No, I was just saying that... I thought we were breaking the news. Okay, and let's get back to the news that's already breaking. You're saying <laughs> it's been done.
0: This is like an egg that takes about three or four times to crack on the side of the pan. The news doesn't break immediately, it breaks slowly. Gradually. So Gradually. we're the final egg. I'm just giving background to... The egg. No, I was um, I just uh, I was just remembering... Basically, I when, when I've talked to people who aren't chronically online... They don't actually realize the full extent of Graham Lenehan's kind of shitty behavior.
1: So let's move on to his Twitter lifestyle.
0: I guess I was trying to give background as to why people were calling him transphobic and what led him to being a big transphobic piece of shit. Oh,
1: I see. See what I was doing there? I got lost along the way.
0: It's fine. This is why I need somebody here because I was unable to say any. All, this is getting out of hand. Because I'm just thinking in a big, massive cloud as opposed to... Okay, so you've established the background. A little bit. Like, he says this himself. So I am not beyond the pale for saying that the constant criticism of his uh, this episode had him basically reading up on what was transphobia, and well, he started to become more activated. When did the criticism
1: the, start to
0: emerge? Like, pretty much immediately, once Twitter was a thing, so which was 2008. But... You
1: know? Was Twitter a thing at the time of uh, the IT crash? You no, know, I don't. I don't think it
0: was like it
1: taken off in the way it would. Was Twitter even two thousand
0: eight or was it two
1: thousand nine? So my question is: mm. Is it sort of like people watched the episode and were tweeting about it, or did the episode air, that a few years later, the c- uh, criticism comes out? Well, was it was a different because like, tw- like what happened with Friends, you know? The yes, exactly. People are going back and re-examining something. Kind of, but
0: in, like, a shorter period of time. Okay. Like, the idea, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this. How did they get away with this? It was actually more like, you know, like, in, there are collections of tweets where people will go, just watched the IT crowd again. was surprised to see how transphobic that episode was. And then Graeme Linhan just getting in the thing going, like, it's not actually transphobic. The character's just transphobic. It's a sitcom. Jeez. Right. And then they're like, okay, I didn't expect you to you know get at me like this and then he's like oh you didn't expect me to get rude when you're saying that i'm a transphobe
1: huh. so that was his initial yeah defense was that he's not transphobic because now i think he would say he is transphobic
0: well he wouldn't he would basically he would say he's a he's put upon because he, he says he says and there's a clip and i'm I'm probably going to play it at some point i don't know if i'll play it for james but um where he basically goes he's on charlotte regan's podcast. And an Irishman Abroad. An Irishman Abroad. Um, but an Irishman like abroad name. more like... What? Um, I was just I, thinking about the podcast is a bit
1: boring. Uh, what I was going to say, Graham had one like that name. What? An Irishman Abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, <laughs> you would hate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he kind of gives a soft enough interview, but that's not it's not like Jarrett Regan to...
1: He's not a Jeremy Pax.
0: No, he's not meant to just beat the answers out of this guy, but he does like push him on the question. And, you know, some of his kind of. He kind of pulls back at points and he says things like, well, I guess you probably thought this and I think this kind of. And he's kind of trying to meet him in the middle. And uh, he doesn't really need to, but at the same time does push back when it's important and he gets some
1: good little answers out of him
0: so what what
1: is the quest what's he
0: oh saying? But, but he says basically just like so how did this whole thing happen with you on Twitter like what's going on and then Graham Lenihan goes into the spiel it's it's, a, it's like five seven six minutes but the uh, the thing point I wanted to get to about him was that he said um, he said and people use the word turf and it's basically like it's basically like if you want to call somebody a cunt. That's basically it. And they, like, I mean, it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. It means trans, exclusionary, reactionary, feminist. And it's a description of what you are, you know? Yeah. But it's like those Tories who make that thing. It's like, and they call me a racist. And they call me, it's like, yeah. you are a racist. It's not, it's objective, you know? What I yeah. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, he's kind of, he, he started off being like, oh, it's just a show, get over it. And then slowly he started to read up on it. And he kind of started to be like, you know, Oh, actually, you know, we need to be having these conversations about this, and that's actually, he, I don't, I don't think he would defend the episode that he wrote. He would, he, in fact, on the Jared Regan's podcast, he kind of admits that it's not a very good episode. And he wouldn't, as in the bit that it is, the episode's actually all right, but the subplot isn't good. You know, what doesn't he like about it? Um, I think he just ends up thinking that it's a bit. I mean, he doesn't really go into it, but I think what I'm saying, what I would gather, is that he finds it kind of crude, and he he doesn't like that it's distracting from the rest of the episode, which he thinks is a lot stronger. So, okay. so I don't think he even necessarily disowns the content so much as what so, it's done to the. So you know
1: the way you said there, he moves on. Like, what's his initial point about trans people? Well,
0: like, it's kind of, because this was being brought up every now and again, he starts getting into it, and then you start to see, like, these Twitter threads, where he'll just get in into the comments, and he leaves something, and then you just back away, and then people will point it out, and he'll kind of say things like, typical man, you know what I mean? I notice only men are doing this, you know, and then women would be commenting and just kind of ignoring them, or, or like, he'll say something, and it'll be like the Jordan Peterson defense of, like... I actually say a lot of things. What were you referring to? Why don't you address my argument instead of this one thing that I said? Yeah. And um, so there's some choice tweets that are floating around. The one that kind of stood out when people started to take it seriously was when he said that um, it was underneath some posts um, about a trans person. I can't, I don't actually know the exact post, but he's like, he said, it's like some sort of something out of Cronenberg, you know? Really? <laughs> and he refers to this person. As like obviously something out of a Cronenberg film. And um, somebody goes underneath it, like a Cronenberg film, kind of like, what what are you talking about? And he's like, "Uh, maybe address my argument, the thing that I was saying, because there's a whole paragraph of text that he wrote as well. Uh, Now, might've been something in there, but once you say that, you know, transgender person as a Cronenberg type creature. Or it whatever. really
1: is one connotation. Yeah,
0: it's, it's like I don't really care about the rest of your argument. Yeah, and you call, uh, yeah. call it a, a monster, like, isn't yeah. it? Like you say, it's disgusting. But then he, the other thing that people noticed was also the sly kind of jabs that he would do, where he would like. There was a woman who basically said her um, child was transgender, and that. It took her a lot of time to come to terms with it, but she she did, and she kind of feels upset that he's acting the way that he is. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, I think like, and so he kind of responds with something to the, along the lines of, "Let me see if I can find it." There's
1: one where she's like, "My daughter," tradition, yes, exactly. And he's like, "I feel sorry for your son." Or yeah, exactly. Or he goes, "I'm glad he." That's it. Yeah. It's like my daughter is a fan of yours. Yeah she loves the it crowd or something but he goes i'm glad he likes my show yeah
0: so dead names them and everything and it's yeah. just kind of just kind of really kind of callous behavior but like he ends up mostly getting a free pass rightly or wrongly because he was in- incredibly active in another other kind of left-wing causes so there was a lot of like especially in ireland in many ways as well which was that during the marriage referendum he was doing a lot of campaigning with his wife you know mm. and then during the abortion referendum also lots of campaigning and they were very vocal because they have their own personal story which they shared you know at the yeah. time but um yeah the, the article that i mentioned the medium post the reason it came about was in it was on december 22nd 2016 because on december 16th 2016 national geographic revealed they i am just reading here revealed that their upcoming issue would focus on gender issues to reflect the rapidly shifting attitudes towards gender we are currently seeing through the world. So on their cover, they feature a bunch of transgender, um, young transgender people, you know. And on it, though, what they do is, uh, just through what this person in this Medium post is saying, um, could be, what was it? It should be said, however, that this mistake was made without willful malice by a publication attempting to spread awareness and tolerance. So what they did was they labeled uh, the transgender females on it as transgender females. And then they just labeled the um, the transgender men as male, you know? Okay. And so people were like... So the argument amongst this kind of, you know, I'm going to call it like... The, the turf, the turf community, you know, these kind of yeah. aca- academic feminists who are, tra- you know, reject transgender stuff, is that yeah. women are being erased, you know? Okay. Because men can exist, but, like, I, d- I don't know. I guess uh, it was a qualifying prefix. This is what caused the problem, do you know?
1: Yeah, like, t- my understanding of tariffs is that they see it as a... It's that men who are trans women are men who are trying to invade women's spaces. Yes, yeah, exactly. And trans men are women who've internalized misogyny to such a point. Exactly. That, yeah. Um
0: So this is what he's point the point he's making is that like this is the way society is oppressing
1: them again by, you know, um oh I don't know. But they have all these arguments like where they're like, oh no, we just are feminists but then yeah. at the end of the day you haven't calling them Cronenberg monster <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like it is just hatred at the end yeah of it. like I don't even like the term turf anymore because it makes it seem yeah like a valid point of view whereas really it's yeah it's transphobia like yeah it, yeah yeah. No, a you're turf right there.
0: yeah even like even the word turf is yeah again given the, you're right giving them too much credit um but um I think the, the part where it became like like you know just these stray tweets that made him a bit of a bollock, but possibly like a kind of John Cleese style prick where it's like I he guess I just won't read their part. Twitter feed anymore I, they don't have anything to offer they're kind of just these old folks who kind of are from a different generation yeah but then when he goes on Jared Regan's podcast I, I wanted to get the the scoop on it Um. so I'm gonna will I play a clip of it here yeah we'll just so that and then we'll come back in two seconds so what's the clip The clip is about, um, he's talking about a cancer scare that he had, okay? Where he he was, uh, they found a lump in his testicles and he went in for an operation. And while he was in there, this is where he he starts to admit that he got on some medication, that he was on morphine. And then he just picked up his phone and started being transphobe on Twitter. And um, people started responding aggressively to him. And one of the things is that this person sent like, hope you die in your second operation basically Mm. and he was like okay well then i just muted it and i was like i'm not going to look at it again and then charlotte regan takes the opportunity to go like what is this thing why were you doing this you know and he starts to explain so
2: so you go into this debate with high on morphine with the phone in your hand you take a notion while lying down this, yeah, but, this I, is I, but something... I stand
3: by everything I said. Why what was I... the
2: point of saying that? What, what what was that? To what end were you saying that?
3: Well, basically, you know, there's a lot of women who who have uh, worries and questions about a certain uh, suggestions, certain aspects of trans ideology, which is constantly changing. I mean, you know, and is very confusing to people who are outside of this little bubble. You know. And uh, they're being labelled as turfs. Have you heard this phrase, turf? Uh, only from you. Trans exclusionary radical feminist, and it's it's used basically as a substitute for you know, it's like a it's like a violent word used against women. And basically, if you if you do a search for the word turf, you'll see all manner of violent things being wished upon these women. And all these women are saying is that vulnerable women need spaces of their own, you know, in prisons, in, in, in shelters, vulnerable women need spaces free of men. And it's not as if it's even a trans exclusionary uh, idea, because what a lot of these women are worried about is people who aren't trans taking advantage of new rules like self-ID and stuff like that to insert themselves in, in these spaces like There's there's questions over whether it's uh, over over how much of this is true, but 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 I I it's definitely more than a rumor because it was it was reported on in a few different in a few different places. But Ian Huntley, uh, the the murderer, he's trying to be, uh, he's he was trying to transition, you know. So so if that's successful, not only is he a woman, now he was always a woman. So it will go down in history that a woman. Kill those two kids, and there are, and that's not the only example. There is a lot of example. There is also a lot of examples of prisoners saying that they've transitioned me, to try and get being put to women's prisons.
2: That's what he's trying to do.
3: Yeah, another report said that he uh, was trying to name himself Nicole, which is the name of one of the mothers of one of the murdered girls,
2: just to deliberately hurt the
3: parents. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like let's let's say that this isn't true, right? The fact that it's even possible is cause for concern and we should be allowed to talk about it. But the way that trans activists and I want to be very clear, I'm talking about activists, activists, not trans people. The way that trans activists have handled this is that whenever anyone steps outside of uh, a certain amount of very restricted, restrictive uh, ideological uh, talking points, like, for instance, trans women are women, you know. Uh, once anyone steps outside of that, they're transphobic, you know? Mm. So, you know, after being called transphobic for, for years since the IT Crowd episode, I've developed an interest in it. <clears throat> you know, I like to read about it and I like to I like to find out what's going on. And and, you know, it's just it's an incredibly toxic uh, uh, debate that uh, some very, very um, aggressive misogynist people are controlling. You know,
2: they come down on you like a ton of bricks.
3: Presumably, the only one I really saw was the was the one that wished me death. The death wish. So then I turned off my replies, and then you know, I just thought, oh. So I was kind of like, oh, people seem to be agreeing with uh, with all these pronouncements, but um, but I got a lot of pushback from friends. You know, lost a lot of followers—three thousand followers, something like that.
2: But Friends got in touch. People yeah. I would know, or we, uh, Michael people Kuperman, would know.
3: Do you know Michael Cooperman? He's a cartoonist. He did my avatar on um, on, uh, uh, on 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 Twitter, and he's a lovely guy. And I believe he has a, a trans kid, and he was he was anxious and upset about it. So, um,
2: what's the pushback specifically? Well, he just and can he you just didn't relate think, to any of it?
3: I can, especially when it when you have a kid who's who's um who's going through through that type of stuff. But 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 there's all these little things that I just I just think we need to talk about, which is one, there's definitely a, a, a kind of viral social thing going on. A lot of people are identifying as trans and they and they're not. And they're just going through normal adolescent How do you know that? Because you see read the there was a recent article by Jesse Single which was which was uh jumped on by by, mm. by uh, trans activists, which had a few interviews with desisters. And apparently the 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 figures for people who desist, which is people who don't go through the transition uh, process, uh, change their minds, is something like 70 percent. You know, I, I don't, you, you might need to do some double yeah, checking. A, figured, not a sure figure to be verified, figures. but. Yeah, but not only that, but the the, the, the amount of of, of of I have to be careful here with my language, but the amount of people who are saying they're trans these are these are men transitioning to women right they transition to women and they don't get an operation but they're still insisting on being called women it's really really odd and i and I, the thing is i think some of those people may be trans but not all of them but you know the the, the 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 there are look the the very least i could say is there are concerns and questions and we need to talk about them so that's
0: that clip um. Yeah, I don't know. That was the first time I kind of heard him say it out loud. You know what I mean? Well, Did all of his, you know, various declarations about this stuff. And after that, I noticed that his rhetoric online really amped up, and he started to just be like, "Fuck, it, I'm out now." And now his Twitter page is just a stream. So of So, like, what he's saying there stuff. is that yeah,
1: he believes that the you know transgenderism is valid but that there's a lot of people who are are misguided well he claims that but then he'll go well, that, on to like that is yeah w- that is what he's there in that entry. that's what he's saying
0: yeah yeah i know but he claims that but i'm saying that what he does then is he like you know with someone we know alan mcguire for example he goes to people who have like their pronouns and a picture of them and they might have facial hair and he just literally out of nowhere, it's just some trans woman who's got a beard and he'll, and the pronouns, she, uh, her, and he'll just be like, what about your beard? What about your big beard? And you're like, you know, because there is a kind of tendency to be kind of sympathetic towards him when you hear this podcast, because he's kind of going like, you know, oh yeah and I could see what they're saying and you know I I was a bit foolish as a bit and he's like but then the way he's saying it when you ever read his stuff is always incredibly combative incredibly angry and he's not like tolerant he claims he's like oh like I'm actually let's just ask these questions and was like well let's ask him but like what answer are you going to be happy with you know yeah like but I also to me personally I don't think the questions are valid and I don't think what he's saying is valid because he's kind of saying like you know like it's just a fundamental um unwillingness to recognize these women as women. Do you know what I mean? So he's gone. oh, these men are in women's spaces. Like, well, they're not men. They're women, do you know? Yeah. So the trans women are women. And um, I've written down points here. Yeah. But the other thing I, that always bugs me about the bathroom thing is when they go like, oh, they're invading these spaces and they're kind of suggesting that it leaves it open for like crimes, basically, like assaults yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas I don't think that a sign on a bathroom is going to deter anybody who wants to commit a violent attack. I don't think going to the same bathroom as somebody is going to make you more likely to assault them than, you know. Yeah. Um, And then the Ian Huntley story is just so, is just like so reminiscent of like Fox News immigrant story. It's like, it's some of the most, you know, spurious, unverified. He can't, he's saying reports constantly. He doesn't actually point to anything in particular, you know? And like, you just kind of go like, even if that was true, that's one fucking person and they don't, stand in for every trans person and we have crazy people in all walks of life do you know what i mean um and then yeah the final observation is that he actually admits that the it crowd is the reason he kind of got into this dialogue you know yeah but he got in um to and you know so this is i think this interview i can't remember but i remember listening to it around the time of the abortion referendum because they go on to talk about pope ted you know okay um And so once the referendum was winding down, I actually was, I knew, I was talking about it with Lee Arthur, I was like, I think I was anyway, maybe she'll verify this, but uh, where I was like, it's only a matter of time now until they ask what the wording of the bill should be and Graeme Linehan's going to finally out himself as the fucking, you know, and of course that's exactly what happened. He kind of says, they go like, we should make a pregnant people and he's kind of like, no, they, you know it's kind of the idea of like They can't let women have anything They have to save pregnant people It was women who won this It was women you know And they're the ones who are, yeah. You know So he kind of doubles down on it And then he like um, It stops becoming tweets And it starts becoming active harassment You know there's the kind of Stuff that I'm not that familiar with But people have said He gets into mum's net circles And I don't know anything about net Except that apparently They're a bunch of like Crazy women on okay. this forum who just kind of are very militant in their kind of approach to
1: people online and targeted harassment campaigns do you right. know? What, they, what, they, what do they talk about
0: well they're, they're they also i don't know what type of stuff they talk about but i know that the trans issues enter into it and he kind of found an allyship with them okay and so he's like these brave women and moms mumsnet doing this tireless research to kind of out these people and what it ends up being is a doxing people and dead naming them and stuff like this and wanted to the point that um someone in yorkshire actually managed to get the police to put a caution out against graeme linhon for harassment really yeah so he's been cautioned by the police for his online harassment of this transgender woman and then the next big thing that he did was he approached the national lottery and got them to rescind their funding for a group called mermaids who um are involved in programs to help trans teenagers you know because his main argument and it's something that robert webb got in the mix on as well for a fucking reason is that these people are there at a vulnerable time in your life where they're pressuring you into becoming trans you know Mm. and into into transition surgery that's the thing they believe that they're you know pressuring children or children teenagers at this time in their life where they feel the most vulnerable you know to to do this.
2: Do you have a discomfort? No, no, Do you have a discomfort in relation to your kids? And
3: oh, only in the sense that that I think I think every kid goes through a stage of their life when their body or the roles that seem to be assigned to them feel wrong. And I hate that this easy answer is being provided. Not an easy answer because they're talking about medication and they're talking about surgery.
2: And did you have a period of that with yourself?
3: No, I just, no, personally, no. I always thought I was, I was, I was. Who, I'm, who I, who was I spo- am. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's, you know. But then uh, there will be looking. people
2: listening to this who will go, well, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That like, on the one hand, you're saying that this is this thing that I don't have any experience of, or it's this other thing that I definitely don't have any experience well, of. And it's is, hard to I speak a, to both. I have
3: experience of the unhappiness that comes with being an adolescent. Mm. And that's very keen. And and my worry is that, you know, if you if you look at something like uh, anorexia, a lot of the uh, whatever you would call it, sensations associated with anorexia, you can see them uh, mirrored a little bit in certain aspects of 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 uh, of kids who briefly think they're trans you know, discomfort with your own body, you know, a feeling of disgust at your own sexuality. These are things that kind of, you know, are normal. And and, and so, no, I disagree with that because okay. I'm, a hum- I'm a human being and, and uh, you know, kids, every pore is open at a certain age. Mm.
0: And I'd kind of, you know, I don't, you know, being Irish as well and doing kind of creative things, we're not, I don't think we're any of, people listening to this podcast or you or I will be strangers to um people making funnier for pursuing creative things or maybe in Galway anyway like you know if you were doing drawing or writing or anything like that that was like such an other thing to do do you know like all that stuff was lumped in with very you know as very effeminate and therefore to be mocked if a man was doing it you know Uh so um both him and Robert Webb in their thing, they they bring up this thing about how like, you know, they were they felt awkward and uncomfortable when they were teenagers. Like it's just part of adolescence. But these people would have you believe that it's a problem that you need to fix with hormones and whatever. And actually, uh, Charlotte Regan pushes back and he was like, why did you want to be a woman when you were a teenager? And he's like, well, no. And he's like, well, then I guess a lot of people would ask, what's your problem and why do you care, you know? Yeah. And he's like... And, like, wh- where's your stake in this? And basically, Graham Linton's only response to this is that I should be allowed to talk about this. Okay. So, anyway, he got this defunded. And then H Bomber Guy, I believe his name is, um, did like a 24 hour Donkey Kong thing. Just an insert here that sound in the background is the washing machine. Um, I ended up getting sidetracked and not getting back to the point at hand. But it was actually a 57 hour uh, live stream of Donkey Kong 64. Where Harry Brewis, A.K.A. H Bomber Guy, raised three hundred and forty thousand dollars for the UK Trans Group Mermaids, um, and Ale- Alexandria Stasio Cortez, AOC, appeared in the Twitch stream. Um, it was also endorsed by Chelsea Manning and Cher, so probably better company than uh, Lennon. But that isn't just tweets, is what I'm saying. This is actually like stuff that affects people's lives. You know. Yeah and affects people's safety and comfort and it basically what then happens is when he tries to appear on prime time um people are like well why shouldn't he be allowed to talk he's got opinions and it was like they don't know this online persona that he has you know yeah and um it kind of allows for a wiggle room for you to kind of you know claim ignorance on this stuff which is is basically what i'm going to accuse jam of doing you know jam media are kind of like oh god sorry it's hard, hard typing with one hand
1: Thought you would be used to
0: it whoa okay cool so and that's another thing i want to do uh name and shame that's what it I'm just opening up the Hack Twitter account where I posted out, are making a cartoon with Gremlin It's a show for girls made with a man who is a caution from the Yorkshire Police Department for harassing a transgender woman. Some of the things I've seen from the animation community have been very disappointed to see a known Dublin studio working with a known, you know, transphobes, like, say their fucking names, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, we're from, we have, like, we're in, well, I, I was in, like, stand-up comedy and stuff like this, and there's definitely you know some stories where you can say stuff for legal purposes yeah. you know but um these people have put it out there on an article in Kids screen we are jam media and we are making a show with these people yeah you can say this and Graham Linehan has kindly documented all of his transphobia online for yeah. you to see so here is the article from kid screen um kidscreen.com uh, says bbc jam blasts off with tiara jones okay okay the irish production company's newest show leans on comedy original music and a live action cast to stand out and reach all ages all age audiences
1: are there any images of this online there's one
0: image and i'm not sure if it's for the show or if it's just something they pulled out of a stock photo but it's a woman in a kind of like sparkly mini skirt and like a glowing kind of uh outlined bra with the big long ponytail kind of meant to look like you know Madonna Lady Gaga type thing do you know okay um cuz that's the the where okay what? um greenlit in september by the cbbc the show orbits around 18 year old pop star tiara jones and her 11 year old sister and manager mclaren as they go on a concert tour through space so it was only greenlit this december september um so that means everybody involved had knew well in advance yeah of uh, his history created by husband and wife writing team helen and graham Linehan, brackets motherland The IP was first envisioned as a live-action sitcom and in keeping with the original idea, the production company decided against using animation or puppets for its two leads. So here are two things about that. One, Helen Linehan's name at the start, okay? Basically being, there's a woman involved, but also there's an established writer and they wrote Motherland. They don't say Father Ted, they don't say anything else because, like, it's this weird thing where it's like, so either you have the clout of Graham Linehan to get you over the finish line or you don't, you know? Yeah. And uh, you type in Helen Linham, you don't find anything but Graeme Linhan's articles relating to Graham Linhan. Really. You look up her IMDb, her only other credit is Motherland, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what she did beforehand, don't know what her job is, don't know anything, you know? Like, why is she writing this show? It's because of Graeme Linhan. Why is Graeme Linhan writing the show? God only knows. Why should he write this show? Don't really know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> why did it, like, you, I just describe what the show is. It's like, An 18-year-old pop star, Tiara Jones and her 11-year-old sister, in a concert tour through space. It's for kids. Yeah. Graeme Linehan, never written for children. Helen Linehan, Linehan, only written on a show with her husband for adults. Yeah. Why are they making this show? Why does Graeme Linehan get to make this show, given that, you know, how, you know, adjacent to... Basically, we've just heard him shied on about teenage teenagers being easily influenced and how he worries that these groups are going to turn all the kids trans essentially you know and uh, why are jam making it they have made shows with live action components but they're an animation studio you know so you're like why are they making it and the only reason i can conceive of first of all personally for them they're like oh we want to work with a guy from father ted and we don't give a shit about the stuff that he's done you know because No, if you're making a live action show for children jam are not the top of your list okay you have to get rejected by a number of people before you get down to jam and the only reason you get rejected by a number of people is if your social capital or your, your you know cachet within the industry is so low that you have to basically go with you know person number 50 do you know yeah and I'm not saying this having a dig at Jam. I'm just saying they're a studio that are known for animation. So why would Graeme Lennon approach them about making a live action thing? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, sorry. So here's another little insert washing machine going full pelt in the background. Um, one point I never really get back to in the thing is why Jam would choose to make this decision. And the first thing I came up with was, oh, they want to work with the Father Ted guy. Whereas what I should have said is the most obvious decision. They want to make money. And, you know, some people might say, okay, yeah, no, that's reasonable. That's a business decision. They didn't think about it. Like, um, to which I would say, you know, either it's art or it isn't. It is important or it's not. And you have to kind of make a decision. So, you know, if it is a business decision, fine. Then don't put on a self-congratulatory festival and go down there and stand up and say, oh isn't it great we have this community and isn't it so important etc cetera, etc cetera. because you don't care and you know obviously you know given what I'm going to go on to say about the festival they clearly don't care but like the I guess the contradictions is the thing that just drives me crazy um I don't know I like there has to be This, I feel so naive saying this, but they're obviously honest to God has to be something a little bit more important than money to get you to make the decisions that you make. So the only thing, so you, see, this is the other part, because you're like, am I lumping Helen Linhain in with Graeme Linhain? And I don't know enough about her to do that. But, you know, you do wonder like, it's not like you have to publicly come out and condemn your husband but she's not even coming out and disagreeing with anything that he's saying do you know yeah and there's another bit of audio that i'm going to drop in right here so i'll play it here we'll come back in a few seconds it's from a real politic podcast and it starts now
4: this is an interesting kind of question about his social circle And the fact that generally on the left, you can't just get away with coming out and saying transphobic stuff and somebody would have a word, but he doesn't seem to have any kind of, I mean, maybe he is losing friends, um over this but yeah is somebody not having a word and something that made me speculate about this and obviously it is entirely Glinner's responsibility well n- no actually it's not his it responsibility of people around him to have a word but you know nobody is controlling his thoughts like jeremy Corbyn did to <laughs> paul the original centrist dad um <laughs> but there was Something that did make me think about his kind of social incentive to be a raging fucking transphobe when the debate on the left has moved so far away from that. And this was an issue of The New European, which was called The New Feminist, guest edited by Caroline Criado. Uh, Oh, Perez. CCP. Everybody knows who she is. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, yeah, I have just been, like, spelling her name wrong the whole time. Oh, fine. <laughs> Yeah. Guest edited by Caroline Criado Perez. it featured Suzanne Moore. Mm-hmm. It featured Tracy King, who I, th- I think is a pretty unpleasant transphobe. Louise Raw, who New Socialists dropped an article from because it turned out that she was an unrepentant transphobe. Oh, sure. Sarah, Sarah Ditton. Shocking. Helen Lewis with... The difference between abortion and Brexit. Right. I'm, like, turning it over in my head right now. I'm not sure I can think of anything. I think Glosswich was in there as well, somewhere, by the way. And also somebody called Helen Linehan. Linehan? Linehan.
5: I've heard that name before.
4: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That was an excerpt from the Real Politic podcast, episode 62, I Hear You're a Transphobe Now, Father, featuring Alexa Moore. And they got a bunch of female writers together who were, majority of them, known TERFs, and Helen Linnehan, you know? And Helen Linnehan wrote for this. Whether the article she wrote was turf related we don't know. But the only information that I have from her is that she's doesn't necessarily disagree with what her husband says. She's making a show with him, she made a show previously with him about mothers and the importance of strong, importance of strong women, etc. You know, yeah. and now she's making a children's show targeting, you know, presumably like young kids, so that they don't fall prey to the kind of influences of the the trans culture that is trying to capture the nation. You know, yeah, and like, I don't know, like, is it, and now she's written in that article as well next to all of these turf writers. So you kind of go like alright, if you think that she's going to be a positive guiding force and make this a show that's for everybody then um, you know I guess you're not as uh, negative and bitter as I am you know (laughs) so anyhow, that happens there, Jam have taken it on they clearly want to make a show with Graham and the Father Ted guy, why wouldn't you if you're Irish except if you had fucking principles and whatever Um, so yeah, that's Basically, the long and short of it on that. Um, i was just annoyed by it. I'm pissed off. And I think that, you know, it reminds me of uh, John Lasseter got ousted from Pixar. Okay. okay. And then he was oh, wow. made head of animation at Skydance Films. Okay? What
1: did he get ousted for? Uh,
0: sexual harassment. Oh, right, okay. Um, the stuff he was doing was kind of like apparently the character like this is complete speculation but a lot of people are saying that the character of lots of love bear from toy story 3 was based off of him okay. this kind of guy who was a little bit too handsy but he would also do stuff like you know there's a type of obvious stuff where he would just hug everybody and make them feel uncomfortable but the other thing he would do is kind of have board meetings that just had men in them like the story meetings are happening so the women leave the room you know Right. and uh, one one thing that somebody was talking about that they didn't like was that he for like a Halloween party all the women had to line up in their costumes and get judged you know oh, right. it was bizarre um, like I think Brad Bird has come out in slight defense of him kind of saying like ah oh, it's old school shit it's not really that big a deal but I
1: mean you know yeah old school is just another way of saying misogyny yeah
0: exactly so he got picked up by this studio and it was about less than a year after he was let go from Pixar. And, you know, it's one of those Louis CK things where it's like, I'm hearing you, I'm listening, I'm going to retreat and think about things. Yeah. And then in less than a year, they're already back on the circuit and not addressing what happened at all. Do you know? yeah. So they got picked up and a lot of people were very angry about this. But one of the people said, who worked in the studio, was like, basically, you know, it's easy for people to kind of throw shade and be like you know you should sort out your principles if you're working for your priorities if you're working for these people but this is like a massive company where you could be working on a number of different projects at once and this is only one you know and then also this person is like has a livelihood and they're they were basically saying you've now put me in the position where i have to choose between like my job and you know my Morals, do you know what I mean? I didn't have any choice over whether this happened. You just made it happen, and now you're asking me to be okay about it, you know? So I'm just saying it's a similar position where it's like, I don't know what they've done to address it internally, whether they've had a meeting or said something to the people. I, but I don't think people should stand for it. I think people already stand for too much in animation where it's like, insert the pay is shit, and the hours are long and unpredictable. Um, entire productions could be labeled as six months and then be chopped down to you know two or three in an instant just by the change of a deal you have no recourse um and there's limited progression as well people find themselves stuck in kind of stagnant positions where they're not getting a pay rise they're not getting an up, they're not getting promotions and you know it's a generally exploitative shitty industry that has a multitude of problems anyways anyway back to my rant already in progress no
1: yeah
0: and it's all under this veneer of like family and we're all in this together and isn't it great we have such a growing vibrant industry but like if they can't even accommodate you in this one simple way do you know what i mean yeah. just don't make hey if it was a show like or oh, making an animated father ted or making an animated such and such you could even potentially argue that like okay I guess i can justify still working here or whatever do you know what i mean i'm not saying everybody walk out either way but i'm just saying like that's not what's happening they're making a show for young girls with a transphobe and you you kind of just have to go like you put your employees in this position you don't care you know um yeah so i think like if you're in jam anybody like you know um there has to be more good people in there than bad so i think people should get together and say something and go up to them if you don't have to do the nuclear option of just fucking walking out but like i don't think this thing can go on un- unaddressed they also like um you know they also have a festival they're the ones who organize the dingle animation festival yeah so it's like let me look up the ticket prices for this sorry do you need to head
1: no, no. okay um uh, those are the ones where you can submit and you still have to pay. <laughs>
0: yeah, so yeah, the submission fee is like fifty or sixty quid, and then you get in to the festival and you still have to buy the ticket, even if you are if your film wins. Okay. Yeah. So the ticket is. Hold on, where are the price is at. Also, by the way, there's I don't know. Here are all their sponsors. Okay, main funders: Enterprise Ireland, Fee Share, and Screen Ireland. Sponsors, Disney Junior, Disney Channel, Disney XD, Animation Skillnet, Animation Ireland, CBBC, CBeebies, RTE Junior, Brown Bag, Boulder, Egg, Giant, uh, Wish Films, Cavalier, Cartoon, uh, Cartoon Forum, like a, whatever, the Cartoon, the European Association of Animation Film, Prime Video, IEDT, Ulster University, Toon Boom, Brian Destack, Tyrrell, um northern ireland screen further funders bai ida screen skills ireland creative europe media official cultural partners are republic france institute France, Fran- um, some fucking american flag thing where the writing's too tiny and the institute of technology from tralee and they get venue support from the ones listed below as well and they still charge students about 400 euro for a ticket 400 yeah like the ticket sorry when I say I should I tell a lie actually what I mean to say is that a professional ticket is about like 300 to 400 euro a student ticket I think was about like 150 or something like that and you're going down to Dingle and you're just sitting in a fucking like literally the I, I don't know if i mentioned it before but you know this kind of dingy hotel buried like way at the back of the town you're walking from the center of the town probably take you about like 20 minutes to walk out there do you know really uh, on top of that getting down to dingle takes at least six hours you know <laughs> like you could get it it takes at least six hours there's just no way around it you know uh,
1: it, it, yeah to dingle well how long would you say it takes to get to dingle uh, it's gonna say five i'm sure what's better yeah
0: okay say five hours to get down to dingle then you pay to stay in this place as well and you've paid for your festival ticket obviously you have to pay for your food and whatnot uh, and then they have the award ceremony and there's a dinner a ticketed dinner you have to pay in for the fucking dinner and this is all the money that they're taking out of you when they have all these sponsors and everything like that and it it seems to just be to fly over people that they can then interview or talk about projects with because they bring in like the DreamWorks lads or so Warner they just
1: or whatever. really
0: use it as a networking opportunity oh yeah 100% that's what they do and these are the kind of like I do, who knows where that fucking money is going like I can't imagine you know <laughs> so yeah they just fuck over students rinse their friends and now they can't even meet a basic moral obligation to people <laughs> where they just can and it's not even like they have to do this. They're not a live action studio. They could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're literally going out of your way to make a show with these people. And the only reason I can see, conceive of d- of doing it is because um, Graham Lynn had made Father Ted and you don't care, you know? Yeah. And that's it. And the only reason you're allowed to do it or you're able to do it is because he's fallen from grace so much with all of his other friends that there's no other option. <laughs> Um, yeah, disgraceful. I hope something happens about it. Um, again, easy for me to say from the sidelines, given that I don't have a tremendous. I you know I'm not really an industry person. I haven't had that many studio jobs. But um, and I could fucking probably. I don't think I'll ever be as hard up for cash as some people who'd be. Uh, that's I'm not giving out. I'm saying that like I don't have to worry about money like other people. Yeah, I'm not well to do necessarily, but. I don't think I've ever felt this hunger. Not a hunger, because sometimes you'd have to do shitty things that you don't like to get money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I luckily have never felt that. I've, you know, been pissed off and had to walk away and not had a lot of money or anything like that. But I've never felt like if I don't do this, I'm going to be out in the fucking streets. Do you know? Yeah. So it's easy for me to say from the sidelines, but like all I'm saying is that this type of thing can't go unrecognized because I also think we've like let go of too much and this is, you know, I don't know if you can even equate the stuff that's happening with the festival with the stuff that's happening in the industry, but like, you know, enough horror stories yourself, I'm sure I'm talking to animators out there to be able to know that the industry is already unfair and you don't need to make it unnecessarily you don't need to go out of your way to make it more unfair basically you know what i mean so not you personally but the people within it and um luckily that's not the response i'm seeing online a lot of people are very upset and saying so so hopefully keep it up and definitely think twice about heading down to dingle unless they change their wicked ways um yeah that's it i don't have any grand statements to say other than that turns out i did have more to say um Basically, I wrote down some stuff on my phone after James left, and I'm still pondering. I mean, you can tell by this podcast, it's a bit of a hodgepodge, scrapbooky type thing where everything's just thrown together, but it's things I've been thinking for a long time, and it kind of feels like it's culminated with this incident, so fuck it, here it is anyway. But, you know, to these people, animation isn't an end unto itself, you know, it needs to be justified to everyone else, you know, infinite, unsustainable growth and money are the only barometers of success, so fuck other people and fuck all their things, their issues. They're relying on you not saying anything, so if you care, you have to say so, or you're agreeing we deserve to be treated this way, or other people deserve to be treated this way, or that you don't care that they're treated that way, you know. I said it before, the pay is shit, the progress is limited and, and only for the few. The work is unreliable and sometimes transient, so you have to be doing it for something more, or I'd hope you would. And, you know, if people are nervous about having this conversation, then that's a fucking problem too, because, you know, we need to have conversations and talk, and this is, this is hopefully what you're in it for, for the creative side of it, you know? I would have been a fucking banker if I was in it for the money. Well, I couldn't because I'm shit at maths. But anyway, they need you a lot more than you need them. And if they're as obsessed with money as they have to be to work with Glynner, then you have power and control. Boycott the festival. Cancel your tickets. Do a general strike. You know, you don't necessarily need to do, you know, it can be little, it can be big, but you have to do something or otherwise you're saying that this is okay. Either creating art and animation matters or it doesn't. And I think it matters. Yeah. So on 98FM, on the week that uh, Graeme Lenihan was meant to appear on Primetime, he also appeared on 98FM. Um, and so before they interviewed him and asked him, as a comedy writer, what fucking business does he have talking about trans rights on this show, yeah. for which he had uh, no fucking answer. You can listen to that if you just simply type in Dublin Talks, I'm not going to stop fighting Graham Lenihan and <laughs> opposition to transgenderism. <laughs> um But before that, they played a segment from a show from 2015 where they interviewed um, a man about his son um, who transitioned while in secondary school. And uh, I think it's a really appropriate note to end on because since Graham Linhan seems intent on, you know, disenfranchising uh, teenage uh, transgender people. So there you go.
5: Well, World was born a girl, gender assigned a girl at birth and uh, throughout her life at the time she uh, never done anything that was would be considered girly. She played football, she was on skateboards, PlayStation, everything was a boy thing. But uh, I suppose we didn't pay much attention to it because being a girl, girls can be tomboys. Yes,
6: yeah. we all new tomboys. Yeah,
5: exactly. I mean, if if it goes the other way and it's a boy doing girl things, well, then it's a hell of a lot more noticeable. But uh, at the age of about, I suppose, between twelve and fourteen, um, she realised that she wasn't actually a she; that she was a he; that she was a boy.
6: So at the age of um, at the age of twelve to fourteen, yeah. She started realising that... Well, probably realised
5: before that, Adrian, but that's when the issue started to arise because, I mean, at the time, uh, i never heard of transgender, you know, so it was a case of, what is wrong with me here? Look it
6: up. And how did, um, how did she even bring... Can we, refer up, okay. to, can we refer to she as he oh, yeah, no, from, okay, from yeah. now yeah. on? No, Thanks that's fine, okay, that's fine, okay. okay. <laughs> um, how did he um, bring this conversation up with his parents? Very simply, just um, brought it up straight away. I know what the problem is
5: now. I'm transgender. And what was your reaction? I just accepted it. Because of the fact that I had seen him growing up and never doing anything like a girl, I kind of said, okay, now let me find out what this is first. And I had to, I had to actually go and look it up because I hadn't got a bloody clue what it was.
6: As as most parents would be uh, would be yeah, I
5: think it's I think right now we're starting to
6: realise that it exists. But you know, a couple of years ago we well, never heard of it. So you get you get hit with this, but it didn't when, when you looked into it. It didn't surprise you that your child that was born a girl was actually really a, a a boy. No, not totally. It didn't totally surprise me because of the fact I didn't realise what it was.
5: It did in a way, but as soon as I looked it up and I realised, okay, this does happen. Well, then I had to accept it, and I did accept it.
6: Um, let me read out a couple of texts that have come in. Oh eight seven seven ninety eight ninety eight ninety eight is our text number. What an amazing dad says uh, this text. Fair play to their family. Best of luck to their child. Um, uh, another one says, "If you are born with a penis, you are male. If you were born with a vagina, you are a woman, and you will never be the other sex, no matter how hard you try." The world if is only it was so simple. Uh, and that's your that's your answer to that. <laughs> yeah, that is my answer to that. Yeah. All
0: right so that was that that's the stuff out of the way now we're on to just a little bit of the plugs um so you can find us at wearehackinc.com and you can find us on most social things at wearehackinc except for the soundcloud which is of course at hackinc we're also on patreon i think this is worth um do you have any two euro a month no god no nobody like irish people do not believe in patreon they i one day I'm hoping that it's a delayed reaction because, you know, you see people in America doing stuff and then, you know, 10 years from now, this will be Ireland.
1: (laughs) What what are your um, offers?
0: Um, Two euro a month gives you um, a thank you in the episode and access to bonus content, of which there is not much up there at
1: the moment. So do you say thank you now? No, I don't have any patrons. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you?
0: Oh, yeah. I would say thank you to, uh, I haven't even done it myself, I should be paying towards it, probably yeah. get a few friends just to kind of get the thing going, you know, that's what you're supposed to do apparently, it's like busking, it's like if you see a few coins in there, you'd be inclined to really? throw in. Yeah, James, where can people find you? At B-Side Comedy. At B-Side Comedy, which, if I had to declare, <laughs> has an event upcoming Thursday, doesn't yeah, it? yeah. This Thursday, Thursday,
1: the 28th. what of what? 28th of November. Okay, and it's at what time? Eight
0: it's in a podcast special. A podcast special in the Workman's. And um November. and that's a Thursday. It's on this week. And would you believe would you believe Hack Inc. will be a part of this? Yeah. Wedged in between two podcasts for it is a podcast themed night where they're going to be playing I don't know her. Yeah. Connor, O'Connor. And Blind America, And Brian DeBerka. And Brian and James fuck each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> Ed James.
0: This is not he's not the James that's on the show now. Yeah. Another James. A different um, James. James Cat. Yeah. And uh it's sure to be a barrel of laughs. Um the la- the title makes me laugh. Um so Is that a quote? It is actually, but what? it's a very fucking it's a real it's from um Patton oswald's comedy special werewolves and lollipops where he talks about his local film critic and how much he hates him oh, yeah. and he's like the, the local film critic would basically from the reviews his parents would decide whether he was allowed to see certain movies right so you know he never gave reviews except to things except if they were very bad you know right so the joke was that he goes you know uh mad max uh what was the one um road warrior Said in Australia, so right there you know he's like right. they're fighting over oil or something. don't get it one star. he's like, but all is not lost at the multiplex this this weekend, you know, uh, four stars all the way for three men and a baby, <laughs> but then he just goes, that title makes me laugh, and I just thought that was funny, so that's what I said there.
1: This is a very cryptic man.
0: <laughs> you asked, I' would have left it there, um so yeah, so Hack will be doing their curate in between these shorts, so come on down to that, and you get to hear two pretty cool podcasts while you're at it as well. I can vouch for one of them, <laughs> kind of, and the other one I have I not know. listened to, but I will recommend both of them in whistle while you work. So please listen to them. Um, all right, well we'll catch you next week, yeah. and uh, thanks again for coming on, James. What and also, pistol, why are you? Huh? Nothing. And fuck Graham Linehan and uh, you know what, fuck Jam as well, let's say that.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: yeah. There's always this hesitancy because it's like, you. you really don't know who's going to be listening to this and going like, well, I don't like his attitude. I, okay, here's another thing i just going to break down before we go, okay? okay? I've been approached and told by a bunch of people that I'm too negative and I should like the industry a bit more and try to get more involved. I think this is complete <laughs> vindication for everything that I thought that was about it it's a completely exploitative horrible thing that only that likes to pretend that it's part of your family in this tight-knit thing or you're part of one big community but they're not supportive and they're not out for your best interest and we need to unionize now more than ever (laughs) um so i'm you know you think to yourself you're like do should i say this will somebody look at me like well i don't want a job at jam so i don't really care and then it's like, well, what about if some other company is like, well, I don't like the way he talked about that company. does isn't like, not like all companies. And it's like, well, that's not true. And it's like, don't want somebody from the BBC to be like, well, we don't want to do business with that guy. We'd prefer to do it with this transphobe, you know? But um, then you kind of have to wonder, like, if I fucking stand for something or, you know, yeah. fall for anything. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, fuck them. Fuck Jam. And unless they prove me wrong, you know, um, between now and Dingle, I'm probably not going to go, and I'd highly recommend everybody else not going. Anybody in Jam, say something to your superiors. Your superiors, I hate that word, but either way, uh, come together, talk about it. It'll make you you feel better and hopefully more inclined to do something about it. But yeah, like I said, I'm not saying everybody leave your fucking jobs. I'm just saying, you know, we need to have the conversation. Much like Graham linhan says, we need to have the conversation and be asking these questions. Except probably not about the things that he wants us to talk about. Yes. That's that. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: You're breaking my heart.